Bibles to 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Tonight we're going to talk about the calling. Somebody say the calling. And the reason we're going to talk about the calling is because every person has a calling. Every person has a plan. Come on, say amen, somebody. And listen to me closely. If you know what that divine plan is, then there's nothing the kingdom of the darkness can do to you. Let me say it again. If you know what that divine plan is, then there's nothing the kingdom of darkness can do to you. So here in 1 John 3, 1, it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. Behold, what manner of love the Father has what? Bestowed upon us. Now, the word bestowed means to give as a gift. It means to confer upon or to honor. Let me say it again. That word bestow means to give as a gift, to confer upon or to honor. So he said, behold, what manner of love the Father has honored or conferred upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. See, that word called is very important. Tell your neighbor, it's very important. It's just as important as the word have. Remember, Jesus said, believe and receive and you shall have them. He said, those that have, have ears to what? Ear. See, God calls. Tell your neighbor, God calls. To see how powerful this word is, all you have to do is go back to the book of Genesis. Go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 5, and look how God called things into being, amen, in the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 5. Genesis 1, 5, it says, and God did what? God called the light day. And the darkness he what? Called night. And the evening and the morning were the what? First day. What is light and darkness called today? Day and night. Look at verse 8. And God what? Called the firmament of heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day. What is it called today? Heaven. Somebody say heaven. Look at verse 10. And God what? He what? He called the dry land, what? Earth. And the gathering together of the water, he called, what? He sees. And God saw that it was good. What is the dry land and the gathering of the water called today? The earth and the what? Seas. So whatever God calls, so shall it be. Say it again. Whatever God calls, so shall it be. Now go to Romans 4.17. Let's take it a little further. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Whatever God calls, so shall it be. Romans 4, 17. It says, as it is written, I have made thee a what? Father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead. But it says what? And what? Calleth those things which be not 
as though they what? Were. God what? He calleth those things that be not as though they what? Were. Well, how far back is were? <laughs> it's all the way back before the foundation of the world. In other words, the original perfect plan. See, he knew you by name. Before the foundation of the world. He knew you and he called you before there ever was a devil. Let me say it again. He knew you and called you before there ever was a what? Devil. Therefore, he, was, he called you even before there was even sin in the earth. He knew you. Tell your neighbor, he knew you. And guess what? He saw you perfect. And he has never changed his idea about you. Oh, you better say amen to that. He's never changed. He still looked at, looks at you as being perfect. We'll go to 1st, 2nd Timothy chapter 1, verse 8. Now, in the eyes of man, you may not look perfect. <laughs> but we ain't talking about the eyes of man. We're talking about the eyes of God. <laughs> I think the eyes of God count a little bit better, a little bit more than the eyes of man. Come on, say amen, somebody. Second Timothy 1.8. Notice what Paul tells Timothy. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the what? The afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Who has what? Who has saved us and did what? He what? He called us with a what? Holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and what? Grace. Now, when was that calling given to us? It says, which was given unto us in Christ Jesus before what? Before the world began. And see, that's the reason Jesus came. See, the devil interrupted Adam, and Jesus came back to get it back. Come on, say amen, somebody. God never changed. Tell neighbor, God never changed. He called things that be not as though they were until they are. Go back to 1 John 3, 1. He calls things that be not as though they were, and guess what? And then they are. And then they are. And then they are. Because whatever call, God calls it, so shall it be. So 1 John 3, 1, turn back there again. And said, Behold, once again, he said, Behold, what manner of love the Father has honored or conferred upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Every single human being has a call of God on their life. Because why? Because there's no child born without a heavenly plan. He said again, there is no child born without a heavenly plan. And guess what? It's a good plan. There's no such thing as a poor plan that's come out of heaven. Let me say it one more time. There's no such thing as a poor plan that has come out of heaven. See, you can take the poorest plan heaven's got. And it's so big, guess what? It'll make you rich beyond your wildest dreams and imagination. I'm, I'm talking about the poorest plan. There's no poor plan, and there's not any big plans or even little plans. 
Because why? God has always put his creation equal with himself. Let me say it again. God has always put his creation equal with himself. That's how his plan started, folks. He doesn't have any little people. Oh. See, only the devil belittles people. Come on. Every person has a calling. Every person has a plan. He always has a plan. He always has a plan. And once again, if you know what that divine plan is, then there's nothing the kingdom of darkness can do to stop it. Now, we talked about this a couple of Wednesdays back when we were talking about the Jubilee plan for the Apostle Paul. And when he got into that hurricane, remember that, right? He is on his way to Rome. And we've seen where God spirit that he was what he was supposed to go to Rome then Jesus told him when you get finished here you're going to Rome somebody say Rome. Rome then an angel came and told him you're going to Rome now he had three witnesses that he's supposed to do what go to Rome but he gets out there come on in the middle of that ocean in a boat he was sailing in guess what Got in the middle of a what? Hurricane. And think about it. That boat's going around and around and around and around. And at the same time, it's going across the sea. And it said they hadn't seen light or day. Come on. For weeks and weeks and weeks. And then even Paul said, there was no hope that we should be saved. But after weeks of this, the angel came to him in the belly of that ship and said, Paul, you're going to Rome. Come on, say amen, somebody. Then Paul realized it's not the plan of God for him to sink out in the middle of this ocean. Because why? The angel said he was what? Going to Rome. So he comes out and says, cheer up. While they were throwing up. Come on, say amen, somebody. He says, cheer up, because what? We're going to Rome. And if you do what you tell me, if you do what I tell you to do this time, because you didn't listen the first time, we're going to lose the ship, but you're all going to live. See, the purpose and plan for his life gave him a confidence that wasn't just ordinary confidence, folks. It was extraordinary confidence, because that's what the plan does. When you know God's purpose, it gives you a confidence. When you know God's plan, it gives you a confidence. Come on, say amen, somebody. Look at Acts 27, 41. We didn't look at this part, but look at it this time. Verse 41, it says, And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the fore part stuck fast and remained unmovable. But the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the what? Prisoners, lest any of them should what? Swim out and escape. Well, Paul was one of those prisoners. Let me say it again. Paul was one of those prisoners. Now, they totally forgot what Paul just told them. <laughs> Why? Because the devil was still trying to kill Paul, trying to stop the plan and purpose God had for his life. 
But verse 43 says, But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to the what? Land. See, Paul spoke forth the word of the Lord that they were going to lose the ship. But everyone is going to, going to live, including all of the prisoners. Yes. Come on, say amen, somebody. Yes. Well, what is God doing? God's watching over the word to perform what he told Paul to say. Because yes. 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 once God says something, it comes to pass. Come on, say amen, somebody. Verse 44. And the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship, and said, so I would say it. And so it came to pass that they what? Escaped how many of them? How many of them? All what? Safe to land, just like Paul said. They lost the ship, but everyone's life was spared. But look at Acts 28:1. And when they were escaped, they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. For they kindled a fire, received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. And it says in verse 3, And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, it said, There came a viper out of the heat and fastened upon his hand. Now that viper is a very poisonous snake. And everyone there knew once this thing got on you, it was over for you. Come on. So they're all looking at him. And it says, when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt, this man is a murderer. <laughs> Come on. Whom, <laughs> though he escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffer not to live. And what did Paul do in verse 5? He did what? He shook it off. Somebody, somebody say, shake it off. He shook off the beast into the fire, and it says he felt no harm. Listen, folks, once you know the plan and purpose for your life, you have to learn how to shake things off that try to get in your way. Let me say it again. You got to learn how to shake things off that try to get in your way. Tell your neighbor, shake it off. Come on, tell your neighbor, shake it off. I don't care what tries to attach itself to you. Shake it off. Come on, shake it off. I don't care if it's, if it's life-threatening, shake it off. I don't care if it's financially devastating, learn how to what? Shake it off. I don't care if something, out there, if something comes out that fire that's trying to wreck your marriage, learn how to do what? Shake that thing off. Somebody say shake it off. I don't care how catastrophic it may look like, learn how to shake it off. And guess what? You'll feel no harm. Tell your neighbor, you'll feel no harm. Why? Because you know the plan and the purpose that God has for your life. And say, they'll look at you after it's all said and done like they looked at Paul. After they see you shake things time and time again, every time something attaches something to you, you just shake it off. But they're going to say the same thing to you that they said to Paul. Come on, say amen, somebody. See, they're going to say it because why? They go, see, in their eyes, they say, oh, Lord, it's over for them. Because that's what most people do when they see you go through things. Amen. They ain't going to really come out and say it, but they look like and say, oh, they're in trouble now. It is what? 
it is over for them. They ain't going to never get out of this. But guess what? They don't know your God. And they really don't know the call and purpose God has for your life. Come on, say amen, somebody. Look at verse 6. It says, how be it they looked. And when he, when he should have what? Swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. Come on, this thing was supposed to get him suddenly. But after they looked a great while, and that's the people looking at you right now. They're looking for a great while. A great while. And they saw no harm come to him. They what? They changed their minds and said that he was what? God. Listen to me closely. God is getting ready to change some people's minds about you. Let me say it again. God is getting ready to change some people's mind about you. Somebody say, I received that. Come on, say, I received that. Then he's going to use you even more after it happens. Say it one more time. Then he's going to use you even more <clears throat> after it happens. But look at verse 7. It said, In the same quarters were possessions of the chief men on the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously. And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of fever and a bloody flux, and to whom Paul entered, and he did what? He prayed. He asked God and said, What do you want me to do? Then he said what? He laid his hands on him and did what? And he healed them. So when this was done, others also, which had diseases in the island, came and were what? Healed. God used this to start a revival. And people witnessed the manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Come on, say somebody. Then in verse 10, it says, also honored us with many what? Honors. And when we departed, they laden us with such things as were what necessary. The people were so glad that everything that they lost on that ship was also resupplied to them. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. And that's the reason Paul paid no attention to that snake. And he just could do what? Shake it off. Somebody say, shake it off. Well, why? Because he knew he was going to Rome. He knew the plan. He knew the purpose. That's why he could say, just shake it off. Come on, tell your neighbor, shake it off. Somebody say called. Say planned. Find out what the plan is and get in it. Let's say it again. Find out what the plan is and do what? Get in it. I don't care what you have to do or where you got to go. You seek God and you spend the time. Come on, say amen, somebody. And you'll see revelation and you'll walk it. And guess what? You don't have any fear because why? When the moving time comes, you're going to know it. Somebody say, I'm going to know it. And guess what? Listen to me closely. And you're always closer than you think you are. Let me say it again. You're always closer than you think you are. Go back to John 3, 1. 1 John 3, 1. Come on, say, I'm going to know I'm closer. Because God just told me. 
Hallelujah. You're always closer than you really than you think you are. That's why it doesn't pay to quit. Because your victory is always just right behind the corner. It's right there. You'd be surprised how many people quit and their victory was right there. They got off the plan. They got off the purpose of God. And the victory was right there. Everything God had for them was right there. But they didn't know how to shake it off. 1 John 3, 1. Once again, he says, Behold, when man are loved, the Father has honored or conferred upon us that we should be called the what? Sons of God. Called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Verse 2. Beloved, now. Somebody say now. Now, now we are we the what? Sons of God. When? Now. When? Now. now. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when we shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. What's he saying there? What he's saying is, we are like him. We are like him. What is it? We're called. Tell your neighbor, we're called. We're called. We are the sons of God. And see, there ain't, there, there ain't but one kind of son of God. And guess what? Jesus is our pattern. Come on, are you with me out here? What he did as a son of man on the earth, by faith with the anointing of the Holy Ghost, that's the way you and I are supposed to be living all the time, right now, right now. Somebody say, right now. That's the way you're supposed to be living. The same way he walked this earth with the Holy Ghost, you're supposed to be doing that same thing. He didn't do one thing. He did not do not one thing that was not open to us today. In fact, he was cut short because of the covenant of which he ministered. Come on, say amen, somebody. Because he ministered under the old, what? The old covenant. Well, go to John 14, 12. He ministered under the old covenant. John 14, 12. Are y'all still with me? It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he what? Do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I what? Because I go unto my Father. Let me ask you a question. What do you think about when you think about the works of Jesus? Come on, don't be scared. <laughs> what do you think about when you think about the works of Jesus, miracles. When you think about the works of Jesus, what do you think about? We got miracles, healings, raised from the dead, restoration. Wholeness, 
What else? Open the blind eyes. Deaf ears opening. See, all those things you think about when you think about what? The works of Jesus. Now, remember he said, I only say what I hear my father say, and I only do what I what? See my father do. Listen to me closely. Doing the works of Jesus is doing whatever he tells you to do. Let me say it again. Doing the works of Jesus is doing whatever he tells you to do and is just as miraculous. If Jesus tells you to clean the bathrooms and you obey, He can make your cleaning the bathroom an adventure of a lifetime. Because why? See, you're walking in obedience. You're walking in obedience. You're walking in obedience, and guess what? That qualifies as the works of Jesus because why? It was what Jesus told you to do. He told you to do it, so it qualifies as doing the works of Jesus. So we do it the same way he did it, folks. You don't have to qualify. You just have to obey. Oh, I'm preaching good in here. You don't have to qualify. You just have to what? Obey. He said, greater works than these shall he do because I what? I go to my what? Father. Well, now we are, to, we are functioning. When he says that now we're functioning under his covenant instead of that old covenant. And guess what? The limits have been taken off. We're born again. We have exactly the same DNA as Jesus. The same DNA. Go to 1 Corinthians 6, 17. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. It says, but he that is joined unto the Lord is what? So that means we're one spirit with him. We're bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. And our problem has been the lack of purpose and especially religion because why? Religion tries to tell you what you can do and what you cannot do. Come on, are you with me out here? Let's turn back to first. Go turn to First John three one. Turn back there again. First John three one. Once again, he says, "Behold, what manner of love the Father has honored, honor conferred upon us, that we should be called the what? Called. Somebody say called. Called the what? Sons of God." Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now. Somebody say now. now. Verse 2. Now we are the sons of God. Somebody say now. now. Somebody say now again. Now. now go over to Galatians chapter 6 verse 6. Somebody say now. now. I, am I am a son of God. 
Galatians chapter 6, verse 6. It says, let him that is taught in the word, word communicate or respond unto him that teaches in what? In all good things. It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall the flesh reap what? Corruption. He that what? Soweth to his flesh shall the flesh reap what? Corruption. We're in chapter 5. You look at chapter 5, verse 19. He just got through listing the fruit of the flesh. The fruit of the flesh. Where it says, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I told you also in a time past, that they which do such things shall not, what? Inherit the kingdom of God. Now go back up to Galatians chapter 6, verse 8. Once again, Galatians 6, 8 reads, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh do what? Reap what? And we just, we just read, those are the things that you reap when you sow to the, when you sow to the flesh. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap what? Life everlasting. Life everlasting is the English translation of the Greek word zoe. Somebody say zoe. It is, it is the life of God. It is the thing that makes God, God. It's the everlasting part of him. Come on, say amen, somebody. It's what Jesus said when he said, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that you might have life or zoe, and that you might have a what? More abundantly. He said, I came that you might have what? Life. In you. And then Jesus said another place, he said, My words, they are spirit and they are and they are life. So sowing to the spirit, Jesus said, the sower soweth the what? The sower soweth the what? So sower soweth the what? Word. Understand this. The devil knows if he lets you alone. And Jesus said, when he talked about the sower soweth the word, he said, they received it with gladness the devil knows if he lets you alone you're going to believe that and if you ever believe it enough to say it the father will do it let me say it again the devil knows if he leaves you alone and you're and you what you're going to believe that and if you believe it enough to say it the Father will do it. And when the Father does anything, it puts the devil out. And then you begin to control his activities. Come on, are you with me out here? That's the reason the devil has five different things he tries to pull on you. Look at Mark 4.16. That's the reason he has five different things he tries to pull on you. 
He only has five plays in his playbook, folks. But with them five plays, he's beating down a lot of Christians. <laughs> Come on. Even though people see these five plays and they read them five time and time again, Come on, even, even in, in any type of sport, if you know the defense, if you know the offense plan, you're supposed to be able to counteract it because you know where he's coming. Amen. 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 Come on, say amen, somebody. That's what football strategy is. That's what I did. Okay, let's, let's put this deep. I see that, that formation right there. Okay, this is what we're going to do to get that formation. Every play is designed to work. <laughs> say it again. Every play is designed to work, but then you got a defense. That every defense is designed to stop that play. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. And the devil only has five plays. And look what he says here, Mark 4, 16. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the what? Word. Immediately receive it with what? Immediately receive it with what? He don't want you to receive this word with gladness. for. But he says, and they have no root in themselves, so endure but for a time afterward when what? Affliction, number one, or what? Persecution, number two, arises for the what? Word's sake. Immediately they are what? Offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, thorns which such hear the word. And the what? The cares of this world, number three, the deceitfulness of riches, number four, and the lust of other things, what? Entering in, choke the word. And it becometh unfruitful. This is all he has in his playbook. And this is what he, gets, what, this is what he uses against you, come on, to stop the plan and purpose God has for your life. He uses these to butt in and divert your attention and get you off into a carnal or fleshly mindset so you'll start thinking and saying what he thinks and says instead of what God thinks and says. He'll get, he'll get you to start saying, well, I'm only human. How many times you've heard Christians use that? And you're not just human. Why? We just read you've been called by God. You've been called by God, the Son of God. So how can you be only human when you've been called by God, the Son of God? Say, I'm not just human. Come on, tell your neighbor, you're not just human. Come on. And say, people will get confused when we say this. Because they'll say, wait a minute, Pastor Walker, are you trying to say that you know, you're going to literally overwork. Are you, are you trying to say that you're calling yourself God? No. I didn't do that, but Jesus did. Matter of fact, look at John 10, 33. And that's what they jumped on Jesus about. John 10, 33. It says, and the Jews answered him, saying what? For a good work we stone thee not, but for what? Blasphemy. Because that thou, being a man, maketh thyself God? And Jesus answered him, is it not written in your laws? 
I said, you are what? You are God's. He got that from Psalms 82, 6. Psalms 82, 6 says, I have said, you are God's. And all of you are children of the Most High. That's what it says in Psalm 82, 6. That's where he got it from. He said, I have said, you are God's. And all of you are children of the Most High. Listen, we were created in God's class. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. We're not in the animal class. We're not even in the angel class. We're created in the God class. Not only in his image, but in his likeness. We are just like him. And understand this. When Adam fell, we fell with him. But what God did in Jesus on the cross is far greater than what the devil did in Adam in the garden. Far greater because why? Jesus didn't bring us, Jesus didn't bring us back up to where Adam was, folks. He didn't bring us back up to where Adam was. No. What did he, what did he, what we, go to Ephesians 2.10. No, 2.4. Where did he bring us back up to? He didn't bring us back up to where Adam was. Ephesians 2.4 tells us where Jesus brought us up to. And he revealed it to Paul in Ephesians 2.4 where it says, But God, who is what? Rich in mercy, for his what? With his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, has he what? Quickened us together with Christ by grace are you saved and has raised us up. We went far beyond Adam. He raised us up in what? And made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are seated on the throne of grace with him right now. Not tomorrow. Right now. Somebody say right now. Somebody say right now. So what happens when you get a hold of revealed knowledge, folks? And what the devil's afraid of you are receiving. See, when you get a hold of revealed knowledge, you begin to see stuff. You begin to see things in the spirit. And you can see things, and, and listen, and if you can see things in the spirit, you can have it by faith. Come on, are you with me out here? Why? Because faith will produce it for you. But guess what? That's when Satan comes. He comes when the plan and purpose of your life is revealed. And you sit up there thinking it's strange. And he told you, think it not strange. <laughs> Come on, say amen, somebody. Now, I'm giving you this word. Prepare yourself. And stay on top of your faith. And don't allow him to pull anything on you. Say, neighbor, you got to stay on your faith. Especially... 
when this time comes around every year. Come on, say amen, somebody. Amen. amen. Don't allow him to get you back into this fleshly season. Because we read, he that soweth to his flesh. Show of his flesh do what? Read corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit of the spirit shall reap what? Everlasting life. You got to learn how to shake it off. Be aware and stay aware. Be aware and what? Stay aware. Prepare yourself before you leave the house. If you're having challenges in any area when it comes to the flesh. Come on. Prepare yourself. Because why? Like I said, he don't come at you, after you, until the plan is revealed. That's when the biggest attack comes. That's why you got to make sure you're always prepared. Get in your word. Read your chapters every day. And learn how to and learn how to. And if you do this, the devil won't get away with anything. As long as you have this kind of attitude. Because why? Because you've been called to be the son of the living God. Lift your hands and give God praise. Come on, lift your hands and give God glory. You've been called to be a son of the living God. Hallelujah. Come on, say, I've been called. And when God calls something, so shall it be. So shall it be. When God calls it, it's done. And all we got to do is walk in it by faith. Father, we just thank and we praise and we glorify you.